the brothers. Welcome back to another episode of the Forest Brothers podcast. Here we are again. Listener, it's good to have you back. Another week, another bag that gets made. You know the vibes. Chase the bag. That is the only advice I have today. Chase the bag, the bag. The bag needs to get chased. And hopefully one day we get to a stage where the, cha- the bag chases us. Because you know, that, that is wealth. Anyway, before I jump into things that I probably don't have any knowledge about, my brothers aware. Let me say, let me say good evening to the boys. Mongora, how about you come off mute and uh, say hello to the family? No problem, Mr. Mutsa. I'd like to say, uh, as I always say, uh, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, hello to all the listeners out there and all the people that are tuned in uh, to this lovely episode uh, of the Forest Brothers podcast. And as always, uh, hello to you, Mr. Mutsa. Hello to Mr. Masanga, and we're back. Back with the bang. Back like we never left. You know the vibes. Sangi, how's about you show the listeners some love and come off and let them hear your lovely voice? What's up, guys? How's it going? Another week, another pod here with the brothers from the forest. As always, it's great to be here with you, gentlemen, and uh, can't wait to jump right in. So, yeah, let's get into it. As I always say, Awe, Awe, I love it. You know, you know what's exciting. Always extending our branches. You know how the vibes are, brothers. What an ex- what an what an exciting few uh, few weeks of football. You know, Premier League is dying down. You know, a couple of five games left. Champions League, when the semi-finals, Europa League, semi-finals about to happen. Conference League, who cares? But here we are, and you know, let's start this off with uh, UEFA Champions League. We have a couple of hot games. You know, this week. Starting with City and Madrid on tomorrow, Tuesday, the uh, 26th of April. And then we have Liverpool and Villarreal on Thursday. <laughs> on Wednesday, sorry. <laughs> um, very exciting stuff here. I cannot wait to watch these two games. I'm pretty sure they're going to provide us some good entertainment, I hope. Um, but yeah, you know, when I start with that Man City and Real Madrid game, you know, with um, a, a deep dive into what we think is going to happen here. Personally, you know, if 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 I if I if I if it could happen the way that I wanted to happen, Man City will win against Real Madrid and uh, move on to the final. And I don't know when I became a Man City sympathizer, but here we are. Um, but that's just how I feel about that. Let's uh, let me start with Mangoro. Mangoro, what do you look forward to in that game tomorrow between City and Madrid? Do you think it's going to be an open game? Do you think it's going to be a closed game? What are your first thoughts about it? Uh, so my initial thoughts is that when I look at tomorrow's game, I think it's going to be more or less a, uh, a bit of chess uh, based on what's going to happen, where Madrid will try and just size up their opposition in terms of Man City and see how they're going to attack them and then mainly try focus on breaking on the counter, especially with the pace of Vinicius, as well as the danger, the, 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 the dangerous nature of Karim Benzema. So I think they'll be trying to rely on those two things because all in all, Man City will dominate the ball, they'll dominate the midfield, they'll probably put like a three in there and then they'll play their false nine. And it'll just be very interesting to see if the Man City, if the Real Madrid defense are able to cope with the movement of the front three or five players and just to see how they'll move around. But all in all, like I think Man City will pretty much have a slight edge in this game because firstly, they are at home and they do have the momentum. They did just destroy uh, some relegation for the Cold Watford. And maybe maybe that's not a good barometer for where they are for, for, like, for this game. Like maybe we can't gauge them off of that. But I think they have the slight edge. Um, I'd see them maybe sneaking a... 
one nil or two one victory tomorrow. Yeah. Um. Following on from what my brother and Kosi just said, yeah, I think it's going to be tight. And with Man City, they they always, Pep's teams always try to control in possession. They will always try to control the game. Um, so I expect them to have majority of the possession or at least it will be 50-50. It will really come down to who blinks first because, you know, it's going to be tight. It's going to be in the midfield. Chances are going to be few and far between. But whoever gets that first, that first goal, that first counterattack that breaks through that just like you know shakes up the defense shakes up the opposition I think that's the team with the advantage in a game like this I feel like it suits Real Madrid a bit more given how they played against how they've been playing throughout the knockout rounds you know you've seen Valverde on that right hand side you know he's gonna he's gonna pack the midfield you know with Modric and Cruz and and Casemiro and that's going to make it hard for Man City to really dominate in the midfield. But it's going to help Real Madrid break away on the counter because Benz and uh, Vinicius are just going to stay up. And Vinicius on the shoulder of your defenders is not something you want to have if you're Man City because, you know, he's just going to run past Diaz or Stones or whoever's back there. He's faster than all of them, right? He's quicker, he's more skillful than anyone Man City have back there. So... I, I don't know. It's 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 going to be a close one. Um, at the same time, you know, Real Madrid have shown the weaknesses. We saw what happened in the in El Clasico. Um, Man City have also shown their weaknesses. You know, in games where they failed to score because you know they just don't have that presence in the box. So it's 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 going to be you know it's going to be fine margins. But uh, you know, I see a draw in the in the in the first in the first leg. I uh, and then I think it'll probably be one in the in the second leg. Mm. So I have to ask a, quite a controversial question here, Mangoro. Do you think overall as a team performance, Man City has a better squad than Chelsea? And given the performance we saw against Chelsea and Madrid, where Chelsea literally almost pulled an upset on the Madrid squad. And given the squad depth in Man City, does that bode well for City? You know, in the fact that in right now we looked at Gabriel Jesus scored four goals this past weekend against Watford. So it looks like they now have someone they can trust as a striker um, and just feed him the ball. Does that mean a more positive vibe is set for City against Madrid, given that, you know, are they better than Chelsea and will they handle the game better than Chelsea? What's your take on that? Uh, In terms of squad, as of right now, as we sit here on the 25th of April, 2022, I would say in terms of like just squad numbers based on players registered, Chelsea do have a better squad, but in terms of performance, they just haven't been there this year. Like you've seen some of the things that Big Rom has done, Timo Werner, all those kind of guys, but they do have a squad. You can see their squad on paper and be like, yo, the squad, if you take out this player, you bring in this player. Man City is like, you can take out a couple of players, Pep Roulette and things like that. Do create a bit of a challenge, uh, especially like on the in the front line. And as well as like just, just somewhere in the midfield, like Fernandinho is not the same. Like they don't have that cover as much anymore. So I think all in all, maybe Chelsea do have a better squad. But in terms of performance as of right now, as we speak, Man City are shoulders above Chelsea at this point. I can say that. Uh, just going to the game real quick. Uh, I'd say it, just, it also just depends on which Real turns up because if the Real that turned up the second leg are... First half against PSG and the second leg uh, against Chelsea. If that Real turns up tomorrow at the Etihad, they could be they could be smash five like five zero like clean out. 
But if it's the Real with Benzema on points, the one that played, that played against Chelsea in the first leg, or the PSG on the comeback, uh, I think then they'll have a chance. But all in all, it just depends on which team's not, because we can sit here and speculate and say, this is what they're going to do, this is what they, they, the things that they're going to try and do. But we, we, these are high-level coaches. We can never know what to expect from them. They can wake up tomorrow and overthink it. Uh, we've known, we've seen Pep in history uh, overthink it. Even if when it comes like to just a semi-final, which I highly doubt he'll do it. But probably in the final he'll do it. But I know Real will try and play like more of like a four-four-two with like Valverde playing half a winger just to cope with the legs there of the Man City midfield. But yeah, honestly, it's very tricky to call these managers can just spring a surprise on us like. You like uh, maybe Ancelotti just throws in uh, the boy Marcelo tomorrow, who hasn't played pretty much the whole season because of just ages catching up with him. Because Phil Mendy did have a uh, quite a shaky game there against uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek. <laughs> quite the shaky game. <laughs> um, okay, I mean, I think I think that's fair. I think that's a fair analysis. Um, and then moving on to the Liverpool Villarreal game, uh, Pinguini. You know, given the amount of games that Liverpool have to play in the next few weeks and, you know, their, their squad depth is not as good as other teams. You know, if, if you take out Salah, you take out Mane or something, or if you take out one of those midfield players, you know, I, that's pretty much it. You know, I don't I don't think they really have their players on paper are good. But then, you know, take out a couple of players there where like if players suffer fatigue, if Salah's not on point that day, he might not they might not win a game. So given that. And given the fact that, you know, I don't think Villarreal are really playing, like, I don't, they don't really have as many games as Liverpool do at this point. So is that a good thing for Villarreal? Do they think, do you, do you think they have a bigger chance than what we initially anticipated? Um, I think Villarreal have a chance because they have a good coach. If you're just talking about 11 players on the pitch, who's going to come out on top, I think you have to go with Liverpool because, you know, Mo Salah plays what, right wing? Um... Who plays left wing for who plays left back for Villarreal? Moreno, the guy who used to play for Liverpool. You know, those are not the guys Villarreal has in defense cannot deal with Liverpool's attackers, right? So it's up to Unai Emery to design a way to somehow limit what Salah's gonna do, what Mane's gonna do, what Luis Diaz is gonna do. And that's very hard. Um, it's possible, but it's hard because I mean we've seen it happen. We've seen Salah had quiet games. But it's hard. Another thing that's going to work to Villarreal's advantage is that Liverpool have played a lot of games. And as we've seen in the last few weeks, especially in the EPL, Mo Salah looks like he's running out of steam. He just, he has some great games, but it's it's not happening as often as we've come to expect from Mo Salah. You know, this is a guy who we have thought of in the last two years as being top five, right? Like in the world, just his form, just his, his production. Last two years has been amazing. But in the last few months, he's kind of slowed down. And that's not saying he's not going to do anything, you know, on Wednesday. But there's the signs that Liverpool can be stopped. The question is, are is Luis Diaz going to show up? Is he going to be a big game player? Bobby Firmino, if 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 they throw him in there, is he going to is he going to perform? Diego Jota, we know what he can do. Um, is he going to show up? And I think that's the key because we know what Mane and Salah are going to do. I think Villarreal know that. And they will game plan to stop those guys, Mane and Salah specifically. And they'll say, okay, if we stop Mane, we stop Salah, we stop Robertson, we stop um, Arnold. Those four are the, are the, you know, those four provide all the goals and the assists, basically, you know. 
everyone else kind of chips in here and there. But if they stop those four, just cover the wings, then they have a good chance. But then the issue is, that's why Liverpool went out and signed players like Diego Jota and Luis Diaz, you know, just to give them a little something extra. Because Liverpool's game plan last two, three years has been, you know, high press, counterattack, uh, and just peppering the opposition box with crosses. Just like, just rifle it in there. Like every two seconds, Robertson is just whacking it in there. Arnold whacking it in there. Sometimes Henderson shows up, whacks it in there. Matip, just anyone. If you can get on the right, on the wing, throw it in the box and let Mo Salah, Mane, Jota attack at the far post. That's been the game plan. And that doesn't, it never changes, you know, no matter the situation. So the good news for Villarreal is if they can stop that, just the constant pressure, if they can find a way around that, they have a chance. If they do not, then they'll be overwhelmed because that's just the nature of Liverpool. They have... They're, they're just top heavy you know they try to pressure you from the front with their with their attacking players with their energy with their pressing and with their consistent attacking and if you can just weather the storm and get a counter-attack you have a chance but you know that's a that's a big if for most teams and it's just a wait and see you know with what Emery has planned for this Liverpool team mm. so wait Mangoro I mean that's true Amp but then I'm just wondering so will the game plan then for Villarreal, if you're Emery there, Mr. Good evening, you're going to the Liverpool Stadium, first leg. Is the game plan for him, go to Anfield, hold the fort, you know, don't concede, keep a tight ship, and then, because I'm sure Liverpool right now, you know, they just played when, like, they played yesterday against Everton, and then, you know, maybe by the time they play on Wednesday, they might have rested a bit. So, you know, if they can weather the storm at Anfield, you know, don't concede, keep it a nil-nil game, Bet and then second leg when the Liverpool players have played a bit more games, um, and then they fly over to Villarreal and play there, and that's when Villarreal play a more open game and try to attack them because they know those players will be a bit tired. Do you think that's a good strategy? Um, yes, it's a good strategy, but I'll just start before I jump into this Liverpool Villarreal segment and just say that um, I raise my hands and say that. Uh, I didn't see Villarreal getting here. I did say that uh, they'll get a pasting in the quarterfinals against Bayern Munich, and they're here today. So all the Villarreal supporters out there, I was wrong, and you were right. Um, just going back to the game between uh, these two, I'd say like so tomorrow. What you on sorry on Wednesday, what you will see is pretty much just uh, Villarreal coming there to pretty much just defend well. So you'll just see they usually play like a four four two. Like two banks of four will just sit in. There'll be no spaces in between. And then I wouldn't put it past uh, Una Emre as the coach to pinpoint a certain number of Liverpool players, as Samson said, that they need to p- pick up and mark throughout the game. So he mentioned the front, the front two, Mane and Salah. And I wanted to pick up another player that plays in midfield. Uh, Thiago. Um, I think he would pretty much assign someone like Etienne Capu to actually sit on Thiago because Thiago is the one that links the defense to the attack and he just keeps it ticking over and he just keeps on like like just moving the ball forward and that will really put them under, put Valeria under pressure because the front three will pretty much have the ball because if you watch closely, he's the one that pretty much links everything uh, throughout the team and he's always there playing those penetrative passes to those front three players. Then they then they turn around and they attack the defenses. So I think that's something he could do uh, to try and limit the damage because most of, I think for the most part, like 
it's going to be like what we witnessed this past weekend with Everton. Uh, if we can get to half time at zero zero, make it boring, take opportunities to waste time. I think they'll try and play some a similar tactic to that because it will frustrate the opposition. And then they'll, what will they do? They'll become rash. They'll start making mistakes. They'll start rushing things. And then they'll, what will that do? It'll play into Villarreal's hands. On the Villarreal side, they do have. Uh, I think they'll also be trying to play on the counter because Liverpool play quite a high line. So players like Chukwueze might come into the might, might come into the fall might be quite dangerous there with this pace uh, coming in on the left or the right-hand side. So they'll be playing in behind. I think I think that's mainly their tactic. Or the boy Dan Juma, funny enough, he played at Bournemouth. Now he's playing in the Champions League semi-final, I think a year or two ago. So I think that's another big thing that we might see this this Wednesday where just different things. But all in all, in terms of the score prediction, I see Liverpool winning that one. Uh, probably like one or two zero. It will it'll be it's Champions League semi final. Now this is the best four in Europe this season. So I highly doubt we will see a beating of like five zero. Now unless there's like a sending off or something. Mm. No, that makes a lot of sense. I I'm yeah I'm quite interested to see how this week goes in terms of the games. Yeah, let's see let's see what happens, boys. You know who knows? Maybe the final end up being Real Madrid versus Villarreal. You know the total unexpected. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be as good as, I mean, as long as it's not Man City versus Liverpool, like I said last week, I think I'm happy. As long as Liverpool is not anywhere near the final, I can, I can rest my head at night. But uh, moving on uh, ahead here with the, the, with the podcast, let's uh, turn our attention to the Premier League, the bread and butter of European football. So we have uh, Man United playing Chelsea this week. Two teams that, you know, are not as up to par as we would like them to be, especially Man United. And, you know, we, you know, I, I think this, this part could have really called it the Man United bash squad because Man United have just been abysmal this year. And, you know, we, we, we can't have enough fun just berating them because they're poor, quite poor. So Manguini, this is your team here facing a United squad that is obviously not really firing on all cylinders. Um, they put too much faith in their boy Ronaldo and Ronaldo's just a man. You know, I, I, I was laughing this week when the commentator was busy, you know, when Messi won the league because he scored the only, you know, he scored one goal and then they were like, oh, Messi's won League One, Ronaldo's out there struggling United, you know, quite unnecessary. But Ronaldo really has created that team. Can he do it again against Chelsea? Ronaldo versus Alonso? Does that scare you? Um, no, that does not scare me because it will never, they'll never come into contact at any point during the game because Alonso will be playing left wing back. Ronaldo will be playing center forward, so he'll pretty much be interacting with people like Thiago Silva. And that's now an impossible or next to impossible to try and turn around if he's in front of you. Because if you're not going to run in behind him and you're just going to receive the ball to feet, that's perfectly fine. Uh, just a quick another disclaimer that I want to drop here real quick. Um, I am not. A, I do not bash Manchester United um, at any point. I just tell the reality. If you don't want to hear the truth... Then, then that's you. Me, in my my humble opinion, I'm telling the reality. I'm not hating on any club. When I say something, even if it's my club or anyone else's club, um, I'm just telling you the facts. Because at the end of the day, what I say usually, for most most for the most part, you see. Because the, the the way you're playing now determines the future. Determines your future. So as you've seen with Manchester United, all these patch cracks uh, that they've been going through. Now it's all coming to the fore. So yeah, just to put that out there for people to know, we're not hating. We're not hating on anyone. 
we're just telling the truth. And if you don't want to hear the truth, then I don't know. What you, then you just live in a very, in a fairy tale world out there. Uh, just going to this game real quick. Uh, you know, this very interesting game because these are two teams that I'd say Chelsea's form is much better because they've pretty much picked up a couple of wins here and there, stayed clear of those fourth place uh, farmers. And they're just now just consolidating top four and just pretty much just putting together a run so that they can have momentum going into the FA Cup final because they do have that to play for. Uh, on the Manchester United side, watched them this past weekend, shambles on shambles. Uh, like the first goal they conceded against Arsenal, like two players, prof- two professional players missed the ball. Like, come on, like, I think you can do better than that. And De Gea tried to save them, but th- I don't know, like he saved the ball, the defense wasn't there. Very concerning. But yeah, heading into this game this week, um, it's most of the stuff I'm pretty much just put together now is pretty much uh, based on two aspects. The first one is uh, which players turn up and which players the coaches put out. Um, Tuka, if he continues with this experiment that he's been pushing the last couple of games, uh, playing players that, in my, my opinion, don't deserve to play, uh, I think he'll, he'll pretty much lose this game. Uh, like Malang saw, I think I think his time has come. I think he needs to move on and for his for the betterment of his career. Jorginho, uh, I think also it's time as well as uh, Marcus Alonso. Uh, I know there are not a lot of options of players to put in uh, to cover those those players, but hopefully he has something up his sleeve. Uh, we did expect we didn't expect what he did against Real, but it's, it worked out successfully, and I'm hoping that this week. I uh, can put something together, but on the United side, like you can never go wrong. Like they do have Ronaldo, and on uh, uh, any given day, he can score. Like he's been, he's just proven to everyone that he's pretty much Mr. Manchester United. And without him, they'd probably be in 12th place with fighting with their friends there at Southampton. So I think this game on Thursday is pretty much just a very tricky one in that I don't see anyone being a clear favorite because. United at home could turn up. Like, they went into the game against Spurs a couple of weeks back out of form, but Ronaldo scored a hat-trick and they won that game. So that could something like that could happen. Um, in my humble opinion, I think it just could be like a, a 1-1 or a 2-2 draw where none of them just do anything out of this world. Isn't it quite funny? I just thought about this. Jorginho and Fernandez both... Had their penalty saved. Oh, actually, Fernandez missed. He hit the bar, and like they both use the same similar technique in hitting penalties, and they both farmed this this weekend. So, uh, you know, that's that's quite interesting. So, I wonder how much that will carry over into the the, the game this coming Thursday uh, between between the two between the two teams. Um, Sangi, who are you expecting to win that game? You know, based on what the team performances we've seen lately. Um, you know, to me, it just doesn't seem like Ralph really cares anymore. I think Ralph is focused on bigger things out there. He knows Eric is coming. He knows he's not going to get fired. He's got a promotion lined up, you know. So at this point, you know, he can just throw on whoever he, he wants. Like, you know what? You have not caught any game time. Let me just throw you in there. You know, obviously, Pogba is down the season. He's, he's not, he's faked his injury well enough. He's good. You know, you know, Ralph doesn't care. Whereas Tuchel, I think Tuchel cares a little bit more, you know? So given that, well, what are your thoughts on the game coming up? Well, first of all, I just want to say shout out to Tuchel for giving Arsenal that game last week. You know, he 
like Nkosi said, he 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 fielded some players who had no business being on the field for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know why Sawa's on the pitch, but we are grateful. The Gunners are grateful. Clearly, Toko wants us in Europe next year, wants us in the Champions League, because I think he's secretly an Arsenal fan. And we appreciate him. We see him. Arsenal fans, we see what you're doing and we appreciate it. Anyways, moving on to the game. I mean, why would you pick United these days? Like, I actually, going into the Arsenal United game, I was a little apprehensive because I thought, Ronaldo, look at what he did last time. You know, last time when we played at Old Trafford, Arsenal were actually playing really well. We had all our players fit. We were, you know, we had a good vibe going. Aubameyang wasn't, you know, being a, a nuisance at that point. Everyone was in sync. We, we had some good form going. We did very well in that game, but Ronaldo was just that guy. We, we couldn't deal with him. And he brought United back into that game. He actually almost won that game for them. And over the months since that game, you know, his effect, the Ronaldo effect has declined. Like, seriously, like, it's just not there. I feel like Solskjaer was getting more out of him than Ralph is because, like you say, Ralph doesn't, he doesn't care. <laughs> he, he gives no Fs about Man United. Like, if you hear his press conference, like, he, he'll, he'll say anything. He will trash anyone. He will, like, some of the stuff he's, like, it's shocking. Like, managers, you know, managers will, like, get silenced for some of these things, you know? Like, there's some managers, if they say what Ralph says, you will see the assistant manager take the next couple press conferences. Because you just, you don't say these things. But anyways, it's hard to pick Man United because their form is terrible. Pogba... You know, people say he's, he's faking an injury. Maguire gets dropped from the team, which he, that, that was a long time coming. Actually, I give props to Ralph for, uh, like for that decision. That, that, that needed to happen. Should have happened five months ago, but we're here. The players he puts on, out on the pitch are not in sync. It's not, a, it's not a team that seems to be working under one idea, under one identity, one goal. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Everyone kind of has their own idea of what, um, should be happening. Um, it was very interesting in the Arsenal game. The commentators were saying everyone has their own idea of how to press. Which uh, you know, if you know anything about pressing, that's not how pressing works. <laughs> it's all about being a unit. So if everyone, if all ten players, ten outfield players are pressing differently, then you're not pressing. You're running around for ninety minutes. And if they run around for ninety minutes, they're gonna get spanked by Chelsea because as bad as Chelsea have been, as inconsistent as they've been, Chelsea are a team. They train. They work on things. They clearly watch film. They improve when they get defeated. Man United don't seem to learn, which is, again, a sign of the manager. You know, where, like, when Man U lose, the very same mistakes you see one week, you will see the next week. When Chelsea lose, you don't see the same mistake repeated twice. You might see the same player committing a similar mistake, but you won't see a, like the breakdown in defense the, the same way you saw it last week. Right? So Chelsea's issue is personnel. Marinette's issue is coaching and personnel. That's something you can't overcome. So I pick Chelsea. I think it'll be like a 2-0 or, or worse, you know, depending on what uh, players Tuchel puts out there um, and what kind of performance you get out of them. Because, you know, I just, I don't see it. I don't see what Manu can do at this point. Because they've tried everything. They've tried every combination. You saw Bruno Fernandes and Pogba in attack a few weeks ago. You know, that clearly this man has has been trying anything and everything. Um, just at some point, it seems like he's pulling stuff out of his ass. But what, what, what else? What else is, is going to... I don't see anything else happening. It's just going to be a you know easy 2-0 win to Chelsea and, uh, you know, 
another week of disappointment for Man U fans, I'm sorry to say. Ish, you know, I really feel bad for my Man United brothers out there. I know I know some of them have even given up on watching United games. They just just hear about it, you know, a week later. I'm like, oh, actually, they lost that game. Interesting. And then they just go on with their lives. Um, I'm actually hoping that Man United do the business. I'm hoping they stop Chelsea in their tracks. You know, I am. Um, that's that's my hope for the table. And then I hope, of course, because I'm biased, I hope that Spurs win the next few games. And then, I mean, I don't know how Arsenal will do, but uh, in my humble opinion, I don't know if Chelsea belong in the top four this season. But I guess they've done pretty. I, you know what? To be honest, let me be fair. Let me be, let me let me know the reality. Chelsea, I think they have done better than Arsenal in Tottenham this season, of course. So you know, if it doesn't happen that way, it'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> but I guess that's a good segue into our next conversation here. And Mangoro, I would actually let you take the lead in terms of like end of season predictions when it comes to um, the remaining fixtures and who we think is, you know is gonna be the champion in the Premier League, what the top four will look like, and what the bottom of the table will look like as well. So Mangoro, over to you. Thank you, Mr. Mutsa. So, uh, listeners out there right now in this segment, we're just going to focus on the Premier League table in terms of like just making like predictions on the games that each team has left all the way from the top four, top six, top seven, uh, based on how much time we have. And then we're going to look at the relegation uh, teams as well. So, first things first, uh, we, still, we do need to start with the big one, the title race. And just do some quick maths here and there uh, based on the five games that each have left and just make some quick predictions on where do we see both teams ending up. I'll start with Man City. I'll just skim through their total number of points. Uh, They have Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, Wolves, Aston Villa. That is five games. I see them getting 95 points on those five games. They win all of those games. That's them. That's where they get to. Whereas Liverpool have Newcastle. I think they win that. They go to 82. Uh, they're on 79, right? As we speak right now. Um, I think they draw against Spurs and they get to, and they go to 83. And then they win the last two. So 86, 89. Then they do have against Aston Villa and Wolves. Then they do have a game in hand against, uh, Southampton. And I'd see them winning that and then got them going to 92 points. So my prediction, Man City wins the league. Uh, just a quick rundown from third through the way to sixth or seventh. Uh, Chelsea in third place on, I'd say, 65 points with six games left. Uh, 66 this week with Manu. Um, I don't see them winning that Everton game. 69, I'm oh, sorry, 67 with that game. They beat Wolves, they get to 70. Um uh, and then they win the other three. So 79 points for Chelsea. So they're comfortably in third place, regardless of what the people below them do. They still think they'll finish in third place. Uh, now moving to the interesting one, Arsenal. So Arsenal currently sit on 60 points. Wow, nice flat number, the boys there at the Emirates. And they have five games left. Uh, West Ham, I see a draw there, so it takes them to 61. They beat Leeds, it takes them to 64. And then it's the big one. <laughs> I see a draw in that one, so 65. And then they win the last two against Newcastle and Everton, and they sit on uh, 71 points. And then Tottenham, keep in mind these numbers. Same number of games played, but they are on 
58 points. Let's double check their fixtures here. Um... The, the one against Leicester, they win. I'd say that take them to 61. And then I said I, I gave them a draw against Liverpool. Uh, that's 62. I gave them a draw against Arsenal at 63. Then they win the last the last two. Uh, that's 69 against Burnley and, of course, Norwich. Of course, they'll beat Norwich. So that's 69. And correct me if I'm wrong, my brothers here... Uh, is that the same number of points? You're funny, Mangora. You're funny. Is that the same number of points, or am I missing? What, what, what was my Arsenal total again? I think Arsenal was 71. Oh, 71. Interesting. So then Arsenal finished third, fourth, and Spurs finished fifth. Um, I won't even touch on anything below those two, uh, below them. Uh, Manu, I think, will finish in eighth, but that's just my humble opinion. So, yeah, now that's... My spiel over to you, brothers, uh, Mr. Masanga. You can take the baton and drop us your numbers and let's hear it. Well, let's see. Man City. Okay, let's start with Man City. Um, so five games left. Let's see. It's Wolves, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, and Aston Villa. Yeah, I see them winning oh, all those games. Although I will say I, I am interested to know where, where and when the Wolves game will fall because... I think, you know, that th- that could be a difficult game. Just, you know, like if just thinking about like team fatigue and all that, that sort of thing, it could be a KG match. Maybe, maybe they end up dropping a point there, but I don't see it. I think they win all the games, honestly. Um, Liverpool. Um, yeah, I see Liverpool drawing the Spurs game. I think they'll win the rest though. So that will put them what? Um, uh, two points below, man. So if Man City have, are going to end up with... Uh, 95 Liverpool will end up with 93 or actually no 91 I guess um and uh let's see who else uh next on the line Chelsea Chelsea I don't even think it matters I think Chelsea's locked in third the points hard to say Chelsea uh, Chelsea are kind of a weird team to um discuss about this because they don't really have anything to play for and like Nkosi said Tuchel is giving favors, you know, he's he's trying things. He's I think he's testing players out, seeing who is who he could rely on moving forward, trying different tactics, trying different ideas. So even though I see Chelsea winning every game, I wouldn't be shocked if they drop a game against Wolves. You know, it's a draw. Maybe they lose against Leicester, because Leicester just, you know, I don't know, get fired up. Um, and they make a late push for the conference league or something like that. I can see that. So I can see Chelsea getting maximum points from now until the end of the season, which would be plus 18, which would leave them at, what, uh, nine, wait, what, um, 93. But I can also see them dropping a few games. So maybe 88, 87, somewhere there. Um, Arsenal, five games. West Ham, Leeds, Spurs, Newcastle, Everton. <sighs> wow. Okay, as an Arsenal fan... I would like to say they were going to win every game, but in my heart, I know that's not true. West Ham, I see a, I see a draw. Leeds win, Spurs draw. West uh, Newcastle win, Everton win. Um, what's that? That's three wins, two draws, 11 points. 71, like Nkosi says. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think that's really accurate. Although I will say... Um, if Arsenal are going to lose a game, it's probably going to be the Spurs game because I think what's going to mess up this Arsenal team now more than anything is just the the occasion, right? Because I think they've shown that they can win with the players they have. 
beating Chelsea and Man United, I think Arteta showed he can work with the players he has. He can get something out of Tavares. He can get something out of Cedric. Tomayasu's just come back. So I think Arteta has shown he can construct a team that can deal with, you know, those weaknesses. Even though they are weaknesses, I think he can weather it. It's just going to be about, on the day, North London Derby, who's going to make the mistake, who's going to lose their head. If everything goes, if everything's rosy, every, no one gets a red, Shaka doesn't do anything crazy, Gabriel doesn't do anything crazy, Tavares keeps his cool, we win. If they don't, if any of those guys do anything anything weird, we're, we're going to lose that game. Um, so yeah, Arsenal 71, 68 to 71, let's say. Spurs, um, how many games? Five games. Leicester, I mean, I, I called the draw a few, or actually a loss a few months ago. Based on form, I'll, I will go, I'll give, I'll give Spurs the win. Um, Liverpool away, I mean, come on guys. Liverpool away. I mean, Kosi, I know you said draw, but ish, man. Liverpool away. I mean, that crowd, man, that crowd rattles every team. Like, no team goes to Liverpool and, you know, and, and has an easy game. It's always tough. Goals are always hard to come by. People are always looking pressured, looking, you know, on edge. So I, I see a loss there. I get, I, Arsenal, Spurs, I said draw or win for Spurs. So the, how many points is that? That's uh, six. Six or um, four. Um, we'll see. Uh, Burnley, you guys lost to Burnley a few months ago. Burnley are in really good form. They look like they might beat relegation. Um, I'm going to go draw because, again, <laughs> it's only two months ago, three months ago. Well, actually two months ago. Nkosi predicted correctly that you guys would get beaten. And it's basically the same teams. Uh, but a few players have picked up form and obviously Burnley have lost their coach. But I see draw. Norwich, I think you guys are going to win. So how many points is that? Um, six, nine, anywhere that's between nine and 12 points. Give you, if we give you 12, that's 70. If we give you nine, um, yeah, that's 67. So <laughs> I think the way you look at it, I, I see Spurs finishing fifth. And again, below that, I, I don't think it matters, you know, six to six to what, eight, uh, actually six to 10, that is, it's going to fluctuate there for sure. I see Man United dropping a few spots. Wolves might rise up. Funny, Newcastle might find themselves in a conference league position if they keep this up. Leicester as well. I don't think it, but it doesn't matter. Like, it really doesn't matter who, who finishes where there. And relegation race, I see Lampard getting relegated, Burnley surviving, and that's the only change. Like, yeah, I think the bottom three currently as it is, Everton, Watford, Norwich, that's going to stay. Burnley leads Aston Villa probably stay as it is. So yeah, I don't think any of those matter either. So yeah, on to you, Mr. Mutsa. Definitely City wins the league. Uh, Man City will definitely destroy Leeds, destroy Newcastle. West Ham, I see West Ham pulling an upset. I see Moyes coming to that game and pulling an upset. I think City either draw or lose that West Ham game. They might even lose it. And Villa, I think, I think they'll beat Villa. So I think out of the last five games they have, they'll win four. Uh, however, however, however many points that is, that's what, 12 points? What's, what's four times three? 12. So that's where City will end up. Liverpool, uh, Newcastle, the win against Tottenham. I think they'll probably beat us 1-0, to be honest with you. Villa, because of that whole, you know, Villa away, I, I think that's going to be a draw. I see Gerrard pulling something, a draw. And then that Wolves game... I also see Wolves parking the bus. I see another draw. Uh, and then there's like there's another game that um, they're waiting to play. The, uh, what did I say that game was? Uh, whatever game whatever game that is. Uh, Southampton? I don't even know if it's Southampton. Let me see. Yeah, Southampton. Uh, they'll probably be Southampton. 
But you never know. What prowse come with a penalty from hell or something and then score another one? Matches David Beckham's um <laughs> all uh, you know all-time record for 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 free kicks. But I do see City winning the league, Liverpool being second. Chelsea, to be honest, yeah, I think Chelsea will finish third. You know, as as painful as that as that sounds. Um I do think they've cemented that top three spot. No, no reason for them to to move from there. Um, I, I expect them to beat Everton. I ex- I expect them to beat Wolves. I expect them to beat Leeds. Leicester, maybe that might be a tough game. They might lose that. Um, Watford, I expect them to demolish them. But essentially, they will they will finish um, third. Between Arsenal and Tottenham, I do see Tottenham finishing fourth because I see Arsenal losing against West Ham. I see Arsenal beating Leeds, and I see Tottenham rising up to the occasion. Harry Kane and Hume Son on that telepathic prowess. I see them. <clears throat> I see them. Um, I see that as a win for Tottenham, as revenge for the last, you know, for the last game. Uh, Newcastle win against Everton, the win against. So in the next le- games left, Arsenal lose to West Ham, they lose to Spurs, and they win the other three. Tottenham against Leicester, I think we, I think we take them. I think either we take them or it's a draw. Liverpool, I think we lose we lose 1-0. Obviously, we beat Arsenal. We beat Burnley and we beat Norwich. So it's all gonna be down to that Tottenham, Tottenham Arsenal game, in my opinion. But I think if anything, Tottenham will finish a point or two above Arsenal. It might even end up being on the same points and it's goal difference. But either way, we're finishing ahead. So Tottenham is fourth. Arsenal is fifth. That is my that is my prediction. United, uh, you know, as you as we're saying, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. Uh I do see West Ham finishing ahead of Man United. I see West Ham finishing sixth. <laughs> and I see United finishing seventh. That's that's really about it. Uh, but yeah, those are my predictions for the top. It's sad to say, I mean, I mean, I wish Everton all the best, but I just don't think Lampard is good enough. I, I don't think he knows how to coach a team like Everton. I don't think he can take the pressure. So I definitely think that Everton will get relegated, which is quite sad. So Everton, Watford, Norwich, bye-bye. Burnley, congrats. So... Those are those are my thoughts, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, as crazy as that may sound, but I think the way things are right now, I don't think they're gonna change too much, except for that um, switch up between Tottenham and Arsenal, and then uh, United and West Ham. Those are my my feelers. Um, Kosi, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say Everton stay up and Burnley go down. I don't know. There's just like this crazy feeling I have about them doing something at Goodison. In the last couple of games, I know they'll probably be battered by Arsenal there in the last game. I think that's the last game. I'm not if I'm not made, if I'm mistaken. But Leicester, Watford, Brentford, and Palace. Those two home games, I think, in match week 36 and 37, those two match weeks, I could see them coming up with something there. Uh, in terms of like two draws and a couple of wins there to get to the magical 40 points which is what you need to stay in the league. But yeah, for me, Burnley is just not convincing. Like they've gotten how many seven points in from of the available nine. But there's just something about them that just just doesn't sit well with me and them being in the EPL. Not to say Everton is much better. They're also just some horrible team that just needs a new squad. I mean, to be honest, I don't think Burnley... I think Burnley lose less games than Everton because they play at Watford. I, I definitely see Burnley winning that. They play Villa, probably as a draw. Tottenham, they get demolished. Aston Villa, again, you know, maybe another draw. Newcastle, you know. Virgos looks like it's coming back into form. Everton have a harder way, you know, to go. Like, Chelsea, they get demolished. Leicester probably beat Everton. 
Watford probably potentially beat them. Brentford definitely beating Everton. That's a given. Crystal Palace definitely beating Everton. I mean, that's also a given. Arsenal beating Everton. It's just a done deal. I don't, I think, I'm, I'm kind of scared for Lampard and his mental health at this point because I think he looks at these games and looks at what Burnley's doing. And I don't think he's had rest. I don't think he's had rest. And I don't think he'll get rest until he's in the championship. I think that's when he'll know he's resting finally. So, Mangor, <laughs> uh, um, I mean, I mean, <laughs> Samson, what do you think about that? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Although I will say the championship is also a very fast-paced league. So, you know, if he doesn't buck up his ideas soon, um, he could go down again. Like, you know, the, the, it takes a really strong-minded coach to get really good and bounce back. I think the best thing for Lampard is just to get sacked because, man, like, yo, confidence is a real thing. <laughs> yo, losing, losing, it messes with your head, man. Like, it messes with you. So, like you said, those games he has coming up, man, those are not easy games. I think Crystal, especially, I think of the Crystal Palace game, like, they battered him in the FA Cup. I think it was 5-0. Five, 5, man. Like, that was Crystal Palace. You're telling me he has to face Leicester as well? Arsenal? Is, is it Tottenham or Chelsea? But he's a, how is he winning these games? Like, how? Like, he's getting battered every week. And when you're battered like that every week, there's no way you walk into next season and magically you gain your confidence back. There's just no way, man. I feel like you just get fired. Like, Lampard, like, if you, if you somehow hear this pod, please, I am begging you, man. Take a sabbatical. After the season's over, whether you stay up or go down, just leave, man, for your own good. Like, leave. This has been a horrible experience, man. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. Like, six months of just straight up losing. Straight up getting your ass handed to you every damn day. No, man. This is, this is sad. <laughs> I don't know what Mangoro sees, man. Honestly, these guys are going down, man. They just are. I just, I, I don't see a way out. I just don't. <laughs> There's no way out. Lambo should just not be. I don't know who told him somewhere there that Academy and my guy, you've got the vision. He can be a coach. I, I don't know who told Lambo that. I really don't know. This is why, you know, I think we have to have a conversation later about, about this coaching thing because, you know, I think in the football world, it's just too easy for some of these star players to just be given, given the helm. Like, oh, you know what? You played for us for how many years? Go coach. You can do it. I don't think it works that way. I think I re- even though Jared is a Liverpool former player, like I think I respect Jared more as a coach just because at least he won things. He made that team proper. Lampard, he has nothing to show for us. What did he do? Coach at Derby, then he left. Derby, like, come on. No track record. I think I'd rather have the boy there at Brighton. What's his name again? That brother. I think I'd rather have him coaching Everton at this point. Or just bring back big Sam Allardyce. <laughs> he saved them. But Lampard... My guy, maybe the most can just be a pundit. But even as a pundit, I don't think there's anything interesting to say. So I, I don't even think he can make it as a pundit. So <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think just take your money and become, maybe start, start guest staring in, in comedy comedy movies then the UK. Maybe that's the only thing you can do at this point. <laughs> go, go, go in the fourth installment of The Hangover in the UK. I don't know something, but this football thing, I think it's a done deal, my guy. <laughs> but... um. You know what, boys? In that on that note, I think it's time we we let the listener sail away for the week and let them uh, give them a little break here, and then we catch them next week. Uh, so, listener, thank you for hanging out with the Forest Brothers. We definitely hope that you caught some nuggets. And uh, if you definitely feel like our predictions are not sounding right, you can always find us out there on Insta, 
on on wherever you find us, you can find us. You just 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 look for us and you'll find us. Uh, and of course, you know we are there on Apple, we're there on Spotify. Definitely give us a like, subscribe, listen, tell your friends about us, let them know we're out here dropping knowledge, dropping the reality. If they really wanna, if they wanna hear uh, some some brothers' opinions on stuff. So definitely please subscribe and make sure you catch every episode. Boys, time to say goodbye. I know it's sad, but we had a, it has to be done. Mongoro, I thought you say goodbye to the listener. Oh yes, uh, I'd like to say uh, goodbye to all the listeners out there, and hope everyone has a blessed week this week and enjoys the the football as the, as we're continuing to watch it. So, I love thank it. you. I love it. I love it. Penguin, it's, uh, sun's coming out. The penguins start to smile. Penguin, I was about to say goodbye to the listener. Yeah, I'm uh, paddling out into the sun, rubbing my belly. <laughs> Because, um, yeah, um, apparently I'm actually an African penguin. But, yeah, uh, let's, dear listener, you know, have a great week. You know, keep watching football. Tune in for the Champions League games. You will not regret it. Like, I anticipate some fascinating ties. And, yeah, you know, give us a like. Give us a follow. Tell people about us. You know, we're out here dropping knowledge of every day, every every week. Um, yeah, always welcome, dear listener. And uh, we'll catch you next time. I love it. All right, listener, until next time, peace.